Welcome everyone to another episode of Kindness Magazine. Today my guest is Corin Sutton, who is an amazing bodybuilder who you've probably seen in the pages of Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine many times over. He is a three-time pro champion vegan bodybuilder, and we're always so proud to show him off in our pages. Today, since we're in our new format of Kindness Magazine, we're going to talk about that plus all kinds of other things. That's the fun thing about this new format is we're going to be able to talk about philosophy and uh, we're really going to get down to who Corin is and what he's all about. So welcome to the show, Corin. I can't wait to get into it with you today. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? So awesome to see you. We used to live near each other in Miami and mm -hmm. hang out. I remember going to the art walks with you and yeah. <laughs> I remember you um, hanging out at our apartment and us going to Equinox Gym and working out with you and yeah. lots of photo shoots. So uh, a lot of good memories there. So it's, it's yeah, yeah, we did a lot. Yeah, yeah. Think, talking about it. Yeah, but no matter how many years pass, you look exactly the same, which is awesome. I mean, you're definitely doing something right. Just always look young and vibrant, and you always have that beautiful smile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that vegan diet, you know. That's right, and I think you have a, a very good state of mind too, that kind of keeps you going even uh, I know we're going we're all going through tough times right now with COVID-19 and with all the gyms being shut down I know that that's a challenge for you as a personal trainer but you already had transitioned into doing things in a slightly different way online do you want to tell everybody about that well I've always done um, online training but you could say I went like full uh, went fully online about three years ago. So um, when it comes to online, it's just better because I, I got to a place being a trainer where uh, first, I, I won't be honest, I, I just got tired of the fluctuating pay and, and being broke and poor. And also at the same time, I, I got tired of not able to train a lot of people. Like uh, when it comes to being vegan and, and plant-based, it's always about trying to spread that message. And as a trainer, when I first uh, be went into the health and fitness field, the whole goal was to spread that message, not just on social media, but also physically helping people so they can feel the benefits of being on a plant-based diet or uh, living a vegan lifestyle. So working from gyms to gym and, and also trying to do it on my own, I realized that I wasn't really reaching a lot of people. I mean, on, I was reaching more people online versus... Uh, in person. And, and when I did in person, um, you know, it, it wasn't really that successful. It was always chasing clients around, trying to see if they're being compliant or not all the time. And when it came down to, um, you could say accountability and, and making sure people are doing the right things for the right reason, it wasn't as good versus uh, my online students. And with the online thing, it, it started off as a part-time gig and it wasn't something that I, I saw myself doing full-time, but it just got to a point one day where I was working at Equinox and this was like my dream job and, you know, I wanted to make a lot of money. And at that time it, it didn't work out so well because the, the audience and the demographic wasn't great at the time. Like when I was showing veganism in that gym. 
people thought it was a joke. They were laughing in my face and people weren't taking me serious as a trainer, regardless of my education, my background and what I'd done. Goodness. And all the money came in. Um, I made way more as a part-time gig online versus my dream job. That's when things really blew up. You mm -hmm. know, uh, money definitely increased. Uh, you know, I'm helping hundreds to thousands of people now, uh, and I'm able to give way more value. Uh, so when it comes to like my training program, you're not just getting like your usual customized meal plan and workout plan like everyone else or any other trainer would, would say, but you're getting a lot of accountability and support. Right. And like you said, they just wanted to talk. And I think when you get a client that is just wanting to wear their pretty workout gear and pay a lot of money, go to the gym, and then they think they're done. They think, oh, well, I yeah. purchased all of these things. So now it's just going to just happen. And so they're turning it into like a social engagement, going to the gym. And they're not really there to work. Like yeah. these people who are seeking you out online, those are serious people. Absolutely. So uh, when it came to online, you know, I, I was get, I'm able to give out more accountability. Uh, and when I say more, I mean a lot more. It's like uh, we do like bi-monthly check-ins. We're checking your weight, your body fat, uh, doing progress photos every two weeks. Uh, we have checking video calls just like this with the Zoom where we chat, make sure your head's at a good space, talk about any type of questions, any type of uh, one of the uh, best things I love about doing online is that I teach classes every week. So uh, every week I have a private Facebook group for members only where I teach a, a private class about like health, nutrition, or lifestyle uh, type, type of subjects around veganism. And um, for anybody who hasn't visited your YouTube page yet, I really want to give a shout out to that because I've been enjoying it since we've been on lockdown. You can go and I mean, it's hard to be creative all the time and come up with little exercise moves to do inside your house to work different body parts or do even get your heart rate up. I know sometimes um, I can't go outside for whatever reason. Uh, there are different things going on um, that aren't quite healthy or it's too hot. And so I've been trying to do cardio inside the house and like there's Zumba videos and things like that. But I found some of your moves like the Heisman yeah, <laughs> I really like that one, and I like the suicide touches where you scoot, scoot, touch, scoot. Yeah, scoot. <laughs> and I was, I'm having so much fun doing these things, and mm -hmm. it's it's just a little what less than five minute long video, super fast and easy to see a new move. You have all these little moves just broken down, so convenient, so that people can go in and just look at that, and then they have a new little thing that they can add to their repertoire. Absolutely. Also, also tons of meal prep videos as well. Tell our uh, listeners or viewers a little bit about your background. Um, let's start with talking about um, your bodybuilding background. I mentioned briefly that you're a three-time pro. Have you done 18 competitions now? Uh, yeah, I think like 18, maybe 19. It's, it's, it's up there somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah. And you won most of them. Yeah, yeah, top top five or top most of them really most of them top three, but uh, some like top five, but yeah, majority of them I won. Yeah, right. And if anybody's listening on podcast right now, 
they can't see the trophies that you have behind you, but he has what looks like a little army of gigantic muscular men sitting on a <laughs> shelf behind him. A giant army. I, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of trophies there. So um, that speaks very well for the fact that, you know, you became vegan, um, what, a year before you started competing in bodybuilding. So Absolutely. all of those trophies were gained eating a kind, healthy, whole food, plant-based, vegan diet, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't say all was on a whole food, plant-based, because there was times I ate pizza and stuff. Junk food <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Well, we all deserve a little cheat day here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that people have this idea in their head that they have to have meat to build muscle, you are definitely an amazing example of the, that not being true at all. Yeah. Yeah, because even with the foods, like I, I would say, like when I first, well, when I first started, it was Whole Foods, but then, then when like Gardein and Tofurky and all these guys started coming out with all that processed stuff, you know, I was like, yo, I need to check it out, you know. So <laughs> it's like, so like there is some shows I did, like I was all about that, but then, uh, you know, after a while and start actually, and and then really getting more into like uh, nutrition like really learning more and learning the difference between the processed and unprocessed foods now i'm back like how i started on more whole foods like i'll have my you know my meals from time to time but majority of my diet now is is whole foods again yeah because it is healthier i feel better i look better when i do it um i get a better workout better pump when it's more natural foods and I just know the longevity of it as well. It's, it's just going to play a, a better outcome at the end of the end of my lifetime or whatever you want to, however you want to play right. it. <laughs> no, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I've, I enjoy some vegan junk food here and there, but you know, like you say, when you eat healthier, you just feel so much better. And I know there's a lot of people who are into the kindness mindset that we're very much into here and there's a lot of talk about don't be too strict on yourself about food and don't beat yourself up if you eat the wrong thing and i definitely agree with that but in the long run the if you're really opening your heart and listening to your body and really trying to be kind to yourself don't you think it will guide you more towards wanting to eat healthier whole plant foods and away from the junk foods, even though they can be fun and you're not going to beat yourself up if you have a piece of pizza here and there, but you're going to gravitate towards more health, the more you want to be kind to yourself. Absolutely. Because I, I know with me, like, um, like if I had like one day and I, and I had like a bunch of processed food, junk food, whatever, I feel fine the next day. Right. But if I did that, two, three days in a row, I'm not going to feel so well. I actually feel tired. Mm -hmm. And, and this actually happened recently, like, uh, because, uh, last weekend I went to a friend's house and they were doing a barbecue and the whole, just to make a long story short, the whole barbecue thing was miss. It wasn't that uh, schedule that wasn't that plan. So, um, the, the, I got there Saturday. So, I, I would have meal prep if I knew that the barbecue was the next day. So I ended up eating out, you know, just really just junk, a bunch of junk food. And then this, then Sunday came and obviously I had junk food that day as well, just because it was a barbecue and I was with a lot of people who were consuming animal byproducts. So 
I had to use the junk food because, you know, if you're going to try and impress friends and if you're just trying to impress some friends, uh, I think that's when uh, the junk food and the processed food does definitely comes into play. You know, so uh, when I did that, um, people were impressed. A lot of people ate more of the vegan junk food than the actual animal byproducts and they, they loved it. Right. So I definitely made a mark at the barbecue. But then when it was Monday and I got home, man, my workout was bad. You know, <laughs> it's just horrible. And it, it was just us because it, I wasn't, few, I mean, I ate a lot of food and even I hit my caloric intake. I mean, I, I ate a lot of calories that day. And you would think like eating an extra amount of calories, I would feel even better in my workout. And I didn't. It, it just, I felt lethargic, slowed down. So um, all I did was, you know, I pushed it through. And then, you know, obviously since I'm home and, and when I'm home in my own sanctuary, you know, I have all, all the things I need, you know, fresh water, plant-based, whole food, plant-based foods, all in my refrigerator. And um, I just went back to normal uh, eating. And then next thing you know, next day I felt great. Yeah, I felt amazing. So like, and, and that's how in tuned I am with my body. And I knew, I already knew the reason. It was just because like I had a lot of processed foods and and I usually don't eat that way. Like really 90% of the time I'm eating whole food plant-based. So um, I could definitely feel the difference when I add in uh, junk food into my diet. And especially if I extend it more than a day. Yeah. And I don't do a lot of processed oils and things like that, which some of these foods has. It has a lot of processed oils in it to, to have it as a, as a natural preservative and to actually make it taste a lot better. But and then with the extra sodium and stuff, you feel bloated, you retain a lot of extra water that you don't need. And it's just like you feel the difference, you see the difference. And especially when you're very in tune with your body, uh, you, you'll, you'll feel and see the changes. Right. And I think it's funny that you were saying if you want to impress your friends, you give them the vegan junk food. And I know I've done that too. And I've had a party at my house and I have non-vegan people coming over I make sure it's not all salad because I remember on that Simpsons episode where Lisa Simpson goes vegetarian Homer is singing you don't win friends with salad you don't yeah. win friends with salad. <laughs> it's kind of true even yeah. though I love eating salad every day and I enjoy it I know it's an acquired taste for some mm -hmm. people and the idea is just start wherever you are and just start gravitating in the right direction. You don't have to get there overnight, baby step, you know? So what we recommend is that if you're used to eating junk food, then fine. There is a vegan burger at Carl's Jr. drive-through now. There's, you know, there's vegan burgers at most fast food restaurants, Red Robin, Johnny Rockets, you name it, they all have a vegan burger. So start there, um, you know, you can still go to restaurants and eat, you know, Thai food and, Indian food, and there's all kinds of food that specializes in having really delicious uh, vegan food. But if you really want to take your health seriously and you really want to feel great, and this is not just about having an amazing body like Corin, uh, this, is, this is about your mental health too. And right now we're going through COVID-19. I know a lot of people are feeling pretty depressed and you feel this urge to binge on junk food. But I mean, like you say, afterwards, you might not feel so good. And so it's not really helping the situation. It's kind of like 
when you're not feeling too good about something and then you you drink a lot of alcohol, you're gonna have a hangover the next day. And what did that really solve? The food, you get a food hangover the same way. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what we're proposing for people is to just kind of start leaning into it, start wherever you are. And as you gradually shift, as you gradually replace the meat products with plant-based products, and then a little by little, you will add in more vegetables. And you will, you know, first maybe you have to put the vegan cheese sauce on top of the broccoli. Then gradually you can try maybe some lemon juice on there or some spices or things. Just one step at a time until you get to where you can sit down and eat a salad that's got, you know, a balsamic vinaigrette on the top of it or a homemade dressing that you made out of cashew nuts or something. I mean, there are some good um, dressings out there, but again, they, they, most of them have oil in them. We talk about that in uh, this last issue of the magazine about oil and how detrimental that can be to your health. So you'll, you'll just start gravitating towards healthier and healthier until one day you're as vibrant as corn satin and you're eating healthy food all the time and it <laughs> becomes just normal, right? It's yeah, not, yeah. not something you have to think about anymore. 100% agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about your bodybuilding background and how awesomely impressive it is. And we're going to we're going to put lots of images up in this video so people can see what we're talking about, uh, about your physique. Um, let's go back in time a little bit before that. And you were in the military, you were a Marine and in the Navy. So, um, you know, I was in the United States Marine Corps for four years, fully active and deployed to Operation Iraqi Freedom three and four. And then uh, once I finished with that, then I got into the Navy Reserves and I did that for another four years. And um, I was, I did logistics and, um, and I was a military instructor, but I, I didn't go vegan until I was in the Navy reserves. But when I was in the Marine Corps and I deployed, I, I saw a lot of things, you know, I did see, obviously being in war, it's not something that's fun. It's not something to be proud about. Uh, because it, it's very, it can, well, it's, it consists of a lot of violence and uh, a lot of pain, like agony, like, you know, like the energy is, is very low. It's, it's because like, no one's happy. Like every, I mean, even your own teammates, like they want to go home. They don't want to be there. Um, the people, the people that you meet in country don't want to be, you know, they don't even want war, you know, and, and you can see that, you know, you see a lot of people don't want to be war, be at war. And I feel that when you watch TV and movies, war, and even playing video games, uh, wars are portrayed as something like awesome or in the combat and the thrill and adrenaline rush and all this, all this stuff. But in real life, it, it's really bad because you can see how if a country loses its government and you and everything's flipped upside down and people could do whatever they want and uh, there's no police, there's no government, there's, and you have another, uh, country who's coming into your, into your country and they're trying to stip, uh, stipulate any type of rules or regulations of what you can and cannot do and putting you on curfew. And these are people that not even from your country and they're telling you what to do. It, it puts a lot of people uneasy. Yeah. You know? and, and you feel that type of energy when you're out there and, and you don't feel like you're welcome. And when you're there, it's bad. And then on top of that, you have like the terrorist groups too, you know? So it's just like, it's a, it's a lot of negativity that goes on. 
And since I was, I, I believe I was only 20 years old when I was out there, you know, you get affected by that um, at a young age and, and be, you know, and you have to kind of think about it. These are a lot of these people are kids that's coming straight out of high school. Like myself, I was straight out of high school. Like I, I joined the military when I was 17 years old. Yeah. So all I knew was school. And then next thing you know, I'm in a foreign country with a rifle in war, you know? So um, did that play effect in my life? Yeah, of course it did. You know, do I have, um, you know, teammates or, or uh, comrades who died or still mentally ill? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have some that, you know, they didn't die in combat, but they died after combat because, you know, a lot of the things that they saw, they, they didn't deal with the situation as well as others. You know, and I've seen some that's doing well. I've seen some that died. I've seen some that still dealing with the problems. And, and you know, I mean, I, I have a friend that he moved all the way to like Vietnam or something. Like he moved to Vietnam, some type of uh, Asian country, you know, like he, I think it's Vietnam or someone or Philippines, one of the two, that um, just because he couldn't fit in into America's society anymore. You know, I had a friend that was like that. I had a couple friends that died from a drug overdose because they couldn't deal with the situation. Uh, they couldn't, they didn't fit in. They can't handle what they did when they were out there. Um, you know, so even though the war is over, for some, it's not mentally. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's very hard. It's very, very bad. And for me, it played a significant role in my life because this was one of the things that made me go vegan because when I saw Gary Yorowski and he did his speech on uh, veganism, it's called the best, best uh, speech ever. If you look on YouTube, um, when he showed his video and, and just his uh, speech overall, it enticed me because I saw the only thing I saw when I saw those animals dying and, and getting abused and, and tortured and, and getting killed. It, it just kind of, for me, it kind of rung up the whole war situation because that's all you saw. And that was my whole lifestyle anyway. When I was in the military, I mean, you go around talk, singing, you sing this stuff, like in, in your run, in your PT runs, like y'all, and y'all probably heard it on movies before, like, oh, left, 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 right, Leo, and, you know, mama and papa, and, you know, all this stuff, right? You hear all these songs that, that military guys sing when they're running and PTing. And, and um, you know, when you literally think about the lyrics, it's all about death and killing. And, and uh, you know, you, they're trying to build like a, a very hard core exterior. Right. It starts out sounding like fun and games as you're singing it during your PT. And then you get there and you see the reality of it. And for some people, like you say, they never recover from the reality of what. Yeah, because it, I mean, everything you're doing consists of war. It, it, it's like I me, mean, and and I mean, and when you kind of think about it, I mean, that, especially if you're part of a combat unit, which I was, you know, I mean, it, it's it's like it has to be. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, it has to be. I mean, that's what military people are for. That's what military personnel is is meant for. It, it's it's for war, right? It's to protect and serve, right? So, uh, I mean, I don't think like someone could be super compassionate and be in the military and go to war and, 
you know, I, I think it's an oxymoron, really. Have you, have you heard people ever uh, suggesting that, especially during what we, well, we used to have peacetime, that hasn't happened in a long time, but it used to be suggested that during peacetime, perhaps our military officers could be more like the Peace Corps. They could be helping uh, third world countries and people who have been uh, victims in wars, help them recover. They can help dig latrines. They can help them plant some crops. They can help build some housing structures. And I know a little bit of that uh, goes on, but it could be more of the focus of it. Instead of training everybody to be a killing machine, our, our military could be a force of good, a force of peace in the world. What do you think about that idea? I, I, I mean, I mean, there is humanitarian aid, you know, um, which I, it exists in the military. So there is humanitarian aid, but I, I still think that there has to be a violent part of it because I mean, that's just what the military is. And I, it's, it's like a product of its own environment. Mm -hmm. So it's like comparing it to like a slaughterhouse and people eating animals. It's just like, there's always going to be people who's eating meat. Mm -hmm. Well, as long as there's war, we're gonna need military people to carry it out. So I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. we want to move more towards world peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if if people, if if, if the whole, not even say people, if the whole world uh, like disbanded their military or you know, you know, got rid of weapons, I I don't know. I mean, it has to come to a situation where you know people aren't you know, I when it comes to ideology, it has to be somewhat similar where no one wants to embrace violence how to coexist with different ideologies which yeah. is we haven't figured out quite yet well yeah and this has been been done since it began mankind you know so there's been war since it began mankind so it's like it's one of those situations that you know if if, if i said like oh yeah you know like if the united states went all peace corps and and you know went all friendly then that lower our offenses our uh, defenses mm -hmm. as a country as especially as a super a super continent country uh, or a super superpower country because we are a first world country and one of the things that you know when it comes to united states citizens and, and the country at whole is to be number one we want we want to be number one in you know so many ways but i mean what about maintaining our position as number one for education our positions as top for healthcare. Those sorts of things have slipped down while yeah. the military just keeps rising. And it seems like our focus may be a little off at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. But like, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those subjects where it's just like it, it's, it's pretty tough to tackle because it's so huge. And it's, it something, is huge. That, yeah. it's something that like, if, if we let our defenses down, um, you know, someone else probably want to take over. And, and, and I want to be honest, like a lot of people don't like the United States. Right. We know? definitely but, would have to get much smarter in the way that we yeah. are making allies and communicating with other countries in such a way that everything is not so volatile and we're not always on the verge of war. And, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, maybe capitalism is the problem. I know some people have that theory. Um, maybe it's just that we have um, such a, a a history, a habit of military and war. And, you know, it's even before we had um, military organized as it was, like you say, it goes back to the beginning of humankind. It, it may just be something that um, is born in 
with a, a certain type of, of patriarchal, uh, macho type thinking of always wanting to dominate and be on top of the other guy and, and as opposed to learning how to collaborate more and have more friendly relationships. But this is, uh, this is a huge issue that, um, like you say, is not an easy thing to, uh, we're not gonna solve it today in our conversation. Yeah. But what I wanted to get at with you is I know you were saying yesterday when we were talking, um, this is of course not, nobody's, there's no recording of it. Uh, so I wanted to, to share it with our uh, listeners right now about what you were saying about uh, when you wear that uniform and you have those weapons and you have that feeling of authority, that it, it gave you a way of kind of understanding what it's like being a police officer what these officers go through in this situation and come into situations and sometimes they feel like they're being disrespected and because of the type of culture that is both in the military and in uh, the police there is a um, you know tough guy kind of thing where you have to make sure that other people know that they can't disrespect you and mm. that that authority can go to your head a little bit and things can get out of control yeah yeah, so like, yeah, because we were talking more on the whole George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter subject. And uh, when it came to that uh, topic, I kind of understand, um, I mean, trust me, the whole, like my whole point on the whole Black Lives and George Floyd, it was, it was 100% wrong what they did from killing that guy. But at the same time, I understand like from a, a police's standpoint, which I still think is wrong, you know, because uh, when when you're in the military, for example, um, they tell us that, and, and this is just to prove my point, they tell you the difference between a government personnel and a civilian, right? So uh, when you're in the military, you're considered as a government personnel. And, and especially if you're in Marine Corps, you're considered as a Marine. Like you take that title, you know, till the day you die, right? That's how in, in granted, uh, ingrained they, they put that into you. So um, when you see normal people who's not in the military, that we call it civilian. We mean, we even say when you're, when you walk out of base, we call it the civilian world. And, 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 and the, these, these uh, nicknames kind of resonate too fast because the thing is, is when you're in the military and you're, you're in base, it's a whole different world. Like we have our own police officers. We have our own structure of laws and rules and regulations. It's completely, completely 100% separated from what goes on in the civilian world, right? So if you get in trouble and you do something wrong, uh, let's, and I mean, I hate to use this for example, but I want to use it because so you can really see the, the, uh, the difference, which is like, if you like, you know, killed somebody right on base like you murdered a felony right um you're going to military court you're not going to a regular court system you're not going to get prosecuted regularly you're going to get prosecuted through the the military court yeah sometimes a lot harsher and it's a lot harsher yeah it's it's 10 times worse you don't want to get you don't want you don't want to get locked up in the military like getting a pass <laughs> yeah it's way worse because the thing is, is that they, they expect more from you. Yeah. So, so if you get in trouble there, 
it's a nightmare. And I've heard stories. It's like, I heard, I don't even know if they're still doing it. I mean, it's been such a long time since I was in, but I mean, I heard stuff that, you know, you get thrown in, they call it the brig, you know, I mean, they literally got you chipping rocks for no reason and shit, you know, like it's crazy stuff. And then be, and then the Navy stuff is even worse because if you do something really bad on ship, like they put you in the ship brig, so you're like a pirate. They treat you like a pirate. Yeah, it's not even funny. It's crazy. Not like like a, the Navy, I think not the like Navy a fun pirate, not on Johnny Depp or anything. Nah, it's like it's when it's a pirate like, has been caught and are yeah. punished. Yeah, it's pretty bad because they'll put you in the in the in their on the ship brig, and then they only feed you bread and water, like and that's real like they only give you bread and water and it's not unlimited bread and water it's what they give you bread and water so it's like it's pretty bad it's right bad. yeah so um just to give you that idea but uh back to the subject um when it comes to any type of uniform job um they they uh, they some people uh instill like uh these like an ego thing, like a, it's like a power trip, you know? And, and I've seen it in the military. You know, you have a lot of cool, cool people in the military, but you know, the people that I didn't like was these power trip guys, like people who, I don't know, I, I don't know where to get it from or why they act that way. Yeah, I never acted that way. You know, I was, I was always me. I was always a cool person. I always had that side of just being human. You know, but some people literally become the title of what they are. You know, like it's not John Smith, the police officer. It's like police officer Smith. Like that's who he is. It's police or, or if I'm using the military, like it's not corporal, you know, it's not John Smith, the Marine It's corporal Sergeant Smith. Yeah, and he's like the Sergeant Smith. Like they don't separate themselves from the job. You know, they are like they they are they become the job, and they never have an off button. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm saying. So it seems like they're defining the job also instead of being there to protect and serve necessarily, as in to come in and be a badass and maybe bust some skulls if they have to to enforce those rules because those rules are more important than anything in the world. And that's where it gets a little crazy. Yeah. And and that's why when I saw the whole George Floyd thing, like I can understand where people say it's, it's, it's a racial thing. And, uh, but there's another part of me because, you know, obviously the guy's white and and the guy who got killed was black, you know? So it's easy to polarize that. But when I watched the video, I just saw the dude's eyes and I saw the same eyes of what I see when people are, have this power trip issue and they don't like being told what they, what they shouldn't be doing. Right. Yeah. And people were saying, uh, get off of him. He can't breathe. And the guy was just being obstinate, just trying to assert yeah. his authority. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, and that's what I saw mostly because it was just that same face. I don't know if the guy's really racist or not, but you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to disregard racial inequality or injustice. I'm not disregarding that either because that does exist. Yeah. There is some racial people out there, you know, just out there to try to do some injustice against uh, people of color. You know, I'm not uh, shooting that down. But 
I do, I will say that there's people out there that's, they have this power trip and they don't care what color you are. I mean, I had, I, I literally have friends who got killed by a cop and the dude wasn't even white. Right. And it was injustice. The, my friend was black. Right. But the dude was not white. Yeah. And it was just straight injustice. So right. what do you call that? Right. No, there's you know two saying? issues going on here, clearly. One is extreme police brutality and mm -hmm. a culture of brutality that, like you were talking about, is in the military and is in our police that yeah. makes it inconceivable for some of these people to think about um, operating in their positions in a more peaceful manner. They think that what they're there for and what it's all about is just being as as tough and as ruthless as possible. So that's the thing that we're trying to reform. But on top of that, Corin, I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear about your experience as a black man in America. Have you experienced discrimination in your life? Uh, it, it's kind of up in the air because I want to be honest, I got in, in, in trouble before, you know, I'm not the best like peaceful honest guy you know like yes, you I, I'm not really, you're not a boy like, scout but you're definitely a peaceful honest guy <laughs> well well yeah i'm peaceful honest but i wasn't like walking on a straight road all the time you know there's mm -hmm. times i tripped right mm -hmm. and 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 certain times when i trip it, it was all my fault like I, I have to sit there and admit it was all my fault and there's times i i got pulled over and you know times i should have got arrested you know, they let me go and, and they were just real cool about it. And these guys were white cops, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the middle of North Carolina where, you know, it's very black and white there, you know? So it's like, uh, there's times like that, but the only thing I can say that prob is possible, you know, that it was racial. I mean, he never said any racial slurs, but again, he had that power trip. He had that power trip on a uh, chip on his shoulder and he did something very disrespectful. And I took it as a racial thing too. I did take, I took it as both. Yeah. Uh, one time I got pulled over just for speeding and this happened in Miami. Yeah. I was just speeding and the cop pulled me over and he asked for my ID. I gave it to him, but the guy was yelling and screaming. Like once he got up to my window, it's five o'clock in the morning. He, he had the lights on, you know, he put the, uh, the flashlight on, all this stuff. And he was already screaming and yelling. I did not do anything to disrespect him. Yeah, I turned off the car, turned off the music, rolled down the windows, the, the whole, whole nine. Yeah. And, you know, I even said, good morning, sir. And, and he just sat up and started yelling like, you saw me on the highway. I, you know, you're speeding. And I was like, well, I'm just following traffic. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're, you're a sheriff on a highway. And you're driving on the left side of the the um the you know the speed lane, but you're parading everyone else because you know everyone probably experienced this before. Like you have a cop who wants to drive super slow as hell, and you're on the highway five o'clock in the morning. Everyone's trying to get work, but you want to parade everyone to show off your power, right? So you know what I'm saying? You're not even you're not even Florida Highway Patrol, but I digress on that. But the thing is, is that that's what he did. And I was the dude that was like, dude, screw you, right? <laughs> so I passed him. But, like, he got pissed off. And, and he got really upset, like, very mad. Like, I kicked him in the nuts or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe I did, like, not like, 
physically, but when I drove past him, maybe that's how he felt. <laughs> and, and he did that and he started yelling and screaming and, you know, cursing. And then after that, I gave him my military ID, right? Because some, you know, they call that like when you, you know, have to do it anymore, but like they call it like, you know, get out of, you know, that's like your good chance of get out of jail free uh, pass card <laughs> or whatever, you know, when you do that. So like, um, I did that and he came back so mad. He cursed me out again. And then he took the both IDs and threw it in my face. Oh my gosh. Now, two things happened when that, when he did that. Now I kept my cool because first thing I saw my friend got shot by a cop. Mm -hmm. Right. So I kept my cool and I just let it go because two things feelings came into me. And one was like the military part because you need to have tough skin when people chew you out. And at the end of the day, I'd rather get a car thrown in my face and get chewed out. Right. Versus getting a ticket. I mean, if you kind of put it in that type of light, yeah, and especially with anyone who's in the military know what I'm know exactly what I'm saying. You know, when right. I say, you know, people who's not in the military be like, yo, what the hell? He but he disrespected you. Right. But this that's the other part. And that's where the racial thing came in. Because he did disrespect me. Because I'm not in the military. I am a civilian, mm-hmm. right? And I should be treated fairly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is no need for him to throw that card in my face. And the guy was white. Yeah. You know? And he, and he was like, you know, like, you know, I, I don't hate using this term, but he looked like the pig, right? You know, pigs, right? <laughs> so he looked like, like, I'm like, I don't know what other term I could use, but like. looks you know, like a stereotypical kind of uh, <laughs> what you would see in a movie where the kind of cow that acts that way is what you're trying to say. Yeah. So, so he did that. Like I said, he didn't use any racial slurs, but that card, throwing a card in my face was like, you know, it's, it's really disrespectful. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, dude, and I just let it go because I knew he was trying to fuel me up. Yeah. Because that's what they do. Right. Especially people who's racial Mm -hmm. and people who has like something against you, you know, like they have that power trip. They try to do things to fuel you up and put you in a position where you know, like if it was any other person, they would flip out and probably got out of their car or curse or like what the hell or say F you something. Yeah. Something to really disrespect him as a police officer. And then he, and, but then after that, what would have happened? I don't right. know. You know, and I, I wasn't willing to find out. Yeah. You know I mean, so I let the, the situation digress, but that's the only time I could say that I ever felt like very discriminated now from a police officer specifically. Yeah. And I I did not, it's not cool. Yeah. So I know like what people do and and what they try to do to fuel you up. And because that's what they did with my friend, they fueled him up. Yeah. And, And it's just because he wasn't answering the questions properly, which he, and he didn't yell at him or nothing. But because he wasn't answering the questions and he wasn't like being too compliant, he the dude pulled the gun and shot him. Oh my goodness! Yeah, dead. Awful. And then the guy, and then the worst thing was the guy was try, the cop tried to lie and say that you know, oh he pulled the gun on me because the dude did have a concealed weapon. If y'all want to see the whole story, just look up Corey Jones. Corey yeah, Jones. Uh, look up that. You all see that you can hear you 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 can watch the whole recording. 
that's how that's how crazy it is and y'all see what i'm talking about like yeah they fueled them up and then shot them dead so your military background the you know experiences that you had with military guys always ribbing each other and kind of trying to poke oh, at yeah. each other and and you having to develop a thick skin in that environment kind of trained you to be able to handle being around another one of these kind of personality yeah. types and then you handled it right but not everybody's had that kind of training and why should every black man in america don't do that type of training you know right. like that's the thing like people don't need that type of training no you know, that's that's a problem i'm not saying what what i did was was right either you know like you know i don't feel like i felt like it was right for my life mm-hmm. you know because I don't know what could have happened if I chewed him out or did something else, you know, like right. no, you definitely yeah, were the smart one in that situation. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, you shouldn't have had to do that. Yeah. But it's just, I've never had, I can say I've never had a police officer throw the, the, uh, my ID in my face. And so, you know, here we go with the white privilege thing that I don't even realize that I'm experiencing and, and that I just haven't had, you know, every time I speak to my African-American friends about experiences that they've had and, you know, some some people have told me some things, but more recently I've actually asked people, I've said, have you had an experience, you know, tell me about it. And when I hear the stuff that's happened to them, it blows my mind because yeah. I think I, I thought, oh, hey, we're all going through this world exactly the same. You're experiencing the same thing I'm experiencing. But then when you start hearing stories about people who have had you know, uh, shopkeepers and stores follow them around and treat them like maybe they're a shoplifter just because mm-hmm. of the color of their skin. Or people tell them they can't use a public restroom or something like that when they come in. Or, you know, just, and like you're saying, somebody, a police officer throwing your ID in your face. I mean, the, just the disrespect that's going on in this country um, that, you know, is, is blatant racism, you know, that is, you know, we see the, the, where that leads to, and it leads to murder, but with the seeds of it, the, the little acts like that, that happen, um, it it needs to be cut off at the root. We can't allow that stuff to continue anymore. We can't laugh it off and say, oh, it's so, so silly and too bad that, you know, this old person is making racist comments or this person who's from the South or whatever is making racist jokes or this person who's, you know, whatever uh, kind of, of reason that we give, the excuses that we give for people that we let them off the hook for the racist behavior. It's not okay. No, it's not, not okay. Yeah, those guys out. That's right. Get, get them out. Um, but we also, we want to, we want to change them if we can. You know, we want to, just like we're, you know, as vegans, we always talk about how we've seen uh, people who are, you know, seven generation cattle ranchers all of a sudden turn their cattle ranch into a sanctuary for cows. Uh, It's possible for even the coldest hearts, even the meanest people. Well, I mean, I just kind of have a a little disagreement because it's just that when you're, when you're, when you're in a position of power, like for me, being in the military, and this and this is something that a lot of military people would agree. It's like when you're in a position of power, you there you're there to uphold certain standards, laws, and regulations. If you have any, if you can't see things from an unbiased point of view, because when I was in Iraq and stuff like that, I wasn't going around just shooting a bunch of Iraqis just because we're in war. 
Right. I handled my job professionally and delegated professionally, 100%. I knew the difference between good guys and bad guys. I didn't have to go through some type of therapy to see, like, to get out any type of racial thing out of my system. Because I feel that when you're in this type of position, this is, it's not like working HR or something like that, or, or in Walmart where someone's just throwing a racial slur. These are people that's armed mm -hmm. and fully equipped. They, they have body armor on, they have M16 in their back of their car, a shotgun, tasers, you know? So right. like these people need to get out of position. Absolutely, if, no, I right? absolutely agree with you. And that's on their own time, but they cannot come back. Like I will never trust someone, yeah. even if they went through some type of a racial like training or something like that because of bad, I don't know, bad things they did or on the job. I will not trust them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because something right, like a cattle rancher and, and I mean, look, I mean, look at John Venus. <laughs> this dude was five years vegan and look what he did. Mm -hmm. He just, now he's shooting animals. Mm. I know. Well, I mean, it's sad to see that people can go the wrong way also. Yeah, that's why I don't trust. It's like when it comes to certain things, you know, like that type of stuff, you don't deserve it. Maybe if it's like Walmart or, you know, regular office job where it's non-threatening and you don't have that much power. Yeah. Okay. Like that's something that can be rebuttaled and, and, and put through like a course. Or Rehabilitated. Like that. Right. Yeah, facilitated but not, not a cop. Right. You know? No, absolutely. Has a right to hold a, hold a firearm. Absolutely. Well, same thing with the military. Don't yeah. you agree that a military officer, if they had some sort of a racist bias against uh, say, yeah. the Iraqi people, if they were sent into Iraq, there's racist people in the military. Right. And they should be weeded that. out. Shouldn't they? Yeah. 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 I believe the they should get kicked out and discharged yeah. mm -hmm. unhonorably. Yeah, because absolutely. they're there because with the with the military, especially Marine Corps, you have a creed of brothers and sisters of arms. We treat each other like family. And it's like if you're calling me and I've been called racial stuff in the military. That's just a whole nother. That's a whole you didn't ask the right question. You talk about military. <laughs> oh, I've been called all this stuff in the military. Yeah. And no one getting in trouble. You kind of have to just brush it off your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what's wrong with that kind of, of, of environment where it's, it's almost promoted amongst you that you're supposed to like toughen each other up by saying mean things to each other and giving each other a hard time. And yeah. the idea is if they allow that kind of nonsense to go on, that you're going to go into battle that much tougher and stronger but my opinion is that if you are tearing people down constantly letting them be in a situation where they're being bullied by each other i don't think that that is creating the kind of people who are going to go into these situations level-headed and handle things in an intelligent manner i think that you're creating broken people who are going to have a lot of pain and they're going to go yeah. into these environments and then something really bad is going to happen yeah. Oh, yeah. Something really bad is going to happen. That's why. That's why. When it comes to certain mass murders, right? Like, for example, the Dallas shooting. You know, when the, when there was two, it was a father and a son. Guy was black, and he was a recon in the army, 
was shooting down a bunch of police officers. You know why he did it? Because of racial things. Right. That no, that definitely. was that was in his uh what what they call it the manifesto the, the manifesto mm-hmm. because of racial right. he he had enough with it mm-hmm. and you think he went through racial things in the military too of course he did right. of course why would he, why why would a bunch of cops being racist make him go out to for him and train his son how to shoot like a freaking expert rifleman to go out and start sniping police officers right. No, there was a situation like this in LA too. Um, just recently, Dave Chappelle talked about it in a special he just did on Netflix. And I mm-hmm. remember when this happened, there was a, a gentleman who was in uh, the LAPD and uh, went through a lot of racial discrimination. And he ended up a sniper killing yeah. police officers until yeah. they finally hunted him down. But th- this is not, this environment, this hyper macho, hyper testosterone environment of let's be tough and mean and rude to each other rather than being brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. with one another like you say working together like a family and having respect for one another there's this uh, almost encouragement that's done by the authority figures in those environments to say horrible things to each other and tear each other down uh, is 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 something that you know the the whole system has to be has to stop. We're down and rebuilt. Yeah. So anyway, that this is this has been a very uh, in-depth conversation. And I'm glad that we got to to go there. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all of this intense personal stuff with me and with our audience. So, because I, I know it's not always easy to talk about this kind of stuff. It's painful. And but it's, oh, you it's see so, how fired up I get when I get into it. What was that? I say you saw how fired up I get when I get into it. Yeah, it's, it's not cool. That's yeah. what I love about you. You're passionate about so many good things. And so I really, really appreciate you opening up and sharing uh with us like this today. Um before we go, I just again want to give a shout out to uh your website and your um youtube channel uh so so my website is uh bodyhdfitness.com and then uh my youtube channel you can just type in my uh name corinne sutton or type in uh vegan live fit vegan uh, if you want to see yeah if you want to see the videos and then um if you're interested with training or um yeah yeah if you're interested in training on my online programs you can always find me on Instagram and, and check out some of my work when it comes to testimonials and also what I promote uh, on my Instagram, which is, again, my name, Corinne Sutton. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much again for sharing your wisdom and your experiences on our journey to make the world a kinder place. No doubt. You can see our podcast episodes as videos on our YouTube channel or at kindnessmag.com where you'll also find great articles and recipes. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at KindnessMag.